0: Hashtag NFL. The most honest answer I can give you is I don't know, but I think football is going to be the hardest sport to bring back because it is the sport where
1: you have the largest number of people on a field rubbing up against each other at the
0: same time. And so it is literally a dream scenario for a disease that spreads person to person. That's the Surgeon General Jerome Adams. And he is throwing cold water all over the thought of uh, college football starting up real soon. But he left the door open, so there's that at least. I can't tell you when. Not very optimistic, PK.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. First of all, that's NFL football. Second of all, I mean, we're just going to do this every freaking day, every A poll hour. of 762 respondents
0: from Seton Hall's Stillman <laughs> School of Business indicates that some 72% of Americans that were polled said they would not attend if sporting events resumed without a vaccine for the coronavirus. Only 12% of the respondents said they'd go to games if social distancing could be maintained. So that'll work. A small handful of people are willing to go and, uh, you know, sit sit six or eight seats away from the next person. It and would a be poll for four
1: anyway. years said Hillary a poll for four years Houston Texans Hillary was traded going to be their president.
0: 2020 second round pick to the LA Rams in exchange for wide receiver Brandon Cooks and a 2022 fourth round pick as they try to replace DeAndre Hopkins Cooks have been battling uh some concussion issues so a little bit of a roll of dice there whether they can keep him healthy and keep him out there But it's already been a roll of the dice for the Texans, so see where Bill O'Brien has them going.
1: Hashtag NBA. Coach in 11 years, the U.S. team. I probably would have had it in this time. And if I was a college coach. With the success I had when I was in my late 40s and early 50s now, I think I'd probably end up being an NBA coach. College has become crazy.
0: There's Mike Krzyzewski talking about how college has gotten crazy. So he's not spelling it out for you. But, man, if you can't read between the lines right there about the stuff going on behind the scenes that we know about but we don't know about, wink, wink, Let's go off to the NBA, let everybody get paid and not worry about all the recruiting, all the craziness and all the cheating that goes on behind the scenes. Certainly is a lot of it. Krzyzewski basically confirming it for us right there. NBA players will receive their full checks when the next payday comes. For uh, most of them, that arrives April 15 even though no games have been played in more than a month. 259 regular season games Missed through April 15, and that would have been the end of the regular season. Utah Jazz guard Mike Conley will take part in the NBA's televised horse challenge competition, which is scheduled to begin Sunday at 5 o'clock on ESPN. Mike Conley is your local guy to root for. Conley is going to face Tamika Catchings from the WNBA in the opening round of competition. A lot of you would like to watch that. A lot of pressure there. Right? You don't want to lose to Tamika Catchings, lose to an WNBA player, and get lit up on social media?
1: If I'm around, I'll watch it. Something. Why not?
0: And I think that is why they're going to get very good ratings for this, because I think a lot of people are like, all right, I'll give it a shot. It's something. Yeah, it's something. It's better than nothing. We'll give it a shot. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. You could see baseball, I believe, played even on a recreational, local level, probably before the other sports because of the nature of the, the mechanics of the way it's played. If, if you can't have more than 10 people in close proximity to each other, you could probably still play a baseball game at a local field. John Marossi, Fox Sports right there. Golf and baseball, there they are. Two sports with the most social distancing. Guys aren't hitting each other, banging into each other, tackling each other.
1: Uh, Team sports, but, I mean, you'd have to throw tennis in there, too, wouldn't you?
0: Yeah, I think tennis and baseball, the difference between tennis and baseball is that you do, or the the thing that tennis and baseball have in common that separates golf is in golf, everybody has their own golf ball. And there's a little more risk in tennis and baseball because you'd all be handling the, the same ball. But you're right. There'd be more distance there, and it would be easier to play those games than it would basketball or hockey or soccer rugby or, I don't know, whatever else we can come up with where uh, people are hitting each other, crashing into each other. Forbes with the estimate on the uh, values of uh, franchises. The New York Yankees, $5 billion, 9% over last year. The Dodgers are number two at 3.4 million. And you know, it's easy to say that every 3.4 team four billion. 3.4 billion, excuse me. It's easy to say yeah. that every team is going, is uh, is worth more than it used to be. But at the end of the line, we got the Miami Marlins, a value of nine hundred eighty million, a drop of twenty million dollars. Derek Jeter's got to get it going. Come on, Derek.
1: Uh, the the Marlins are not for sale, so we don't know what that drop is. That's an estimate.
0: Yeah, none of them are for sale. It'd Be interesting to see what the price really came in. I don't think when Balmer bought the Clippers for two billion dollars, Forbes had them at two billion dollars. Those franchises, right. yeah, those franchises aren't aren't available very often. So when they do come open, even if you've got an empty stadium and not much of a tradition, and A very uh, passive, small fan base. It's still a chance to buy a major league club. And if it's that exclusive a club, and there's a lot of billionaires out there, and it's your one chance again, and it could drive up the value pretty easily. What is trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up in today's show, 8 o'clock today, we'll talk with David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. And at 9 o'clock, Devin Kafusi, former BYU defensive lineman, transferring to Utah. Devin will join us at 9 o'clock. That's right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. DJ and PK. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're brought to you in part by Master Electrical Services. Master Electrical is always open during this challenging time. Call Master Electrical Services at 801-543-2222 for upfront pricing and your satisfaction guaranteed. Master Electrical Services will light up your day. All right, PK, the question of the day. We need your hot takes. One sport... One last time, what's it going to be? Everything's shut down. If you could just get one game, one time, right now, what would it be? <laughs> right, with UPK, I'm going Major League Baseball. You need to see that double play, 6 4 3, one more time. Runners on the corners, ball driven into the gap. Am I right? <laughs> Wait, runners on the corner, balls driven into the gap, 6-4-3 double play. A <laughs> couple about? exciting <laughs> plays in baseball. The double play is exciting. couple oh, runners on, plays. a ball You're separating the, the plays. I was wondering yeah. for a second, too. No, it's the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exciting moments in baseball. Those are the moments that the crowd gets up and goes nuts. You get out of a jam with a double play. Sweet.
1: Yeah, nothing like getting out of a jam with a double play. Believe me, I've done that many times. Uh... Yeah, I put that up there because uh, this is Masters week. And uh, last year, you could argue, was the most thrilling sporting event of the entire 2019 calendar with Tiger winning the Masters, couldn't you? I think you could. I think you could say, if you were to list all the things, rank them. Best, of, uh, best moments of sports of 2019. I think you could put Tiger, if you wanted to, if you weren't into golf, that would be a, obviously a personal decision. But certainly if you wanted to, You could have a lot of evidence and ammunition behind your argument by putting Tiger up there at 43 years of age. What was it, 10 or 11 years or whatever it was since his last major? Thought to be, in a golf sense, left for dead. And there he is, standing there. Uh, You know, I was watching. They had a lot of the Masters stuff. They've been having it this week, obviously, because it would have been the Masters. Today would have been the second day of the uh, tournament. And, you know, he gets wall to wall coverage now. And they showed when he won in 97 and how he uh, hugged his father. And then in 2019, his father's gone and his son runs out. So, you know, that's that's sort of cool right there uh, to have those moments. So that got me thinking, you know, would you put the Masters in there? Because just the Masters, I, I don't think that, you know, the Super Bowl has a, a real nice name and, and March Madness has a nice name to it. But I think the Masters has the best name of any tournament that's out there. Uh, you, know, the Red, you know, the World Series is nice, but the you know, NBA Finals doesn't really have a name. Uh, just the NBA Finals, plenty good enough. But as far as the, a name attached to an event, to me, the Masters is the number one name attached to the uh, event. So I'm when it comes to my sports... I'm usually caught up in the moment. Whatever's going on, I think, man, this is the greatest. And since it's Masters week right now, and it would be Friday of the Masters, and watching some of that stuff, particularly in HD, for some reason I think of all the sports, golf and HD, really, really just is so beautiful because you look at the Masters and you look at the course, the literal course, it looks like the finest piece of real estate on the planet. It looks like every blade is exactly the way it's supposed to be and there's no other blades of grass or no other field of grass that looks like augusta in april we'll see if we get to see it in uh, november but uh, for me right now being caught up in the moment with the azaleas and the flowers and all the pageantry that goes with this thing i would like to see if i had one thing that i could go to whether it's on television or in person i think it very well could be the masters
0: the pine straw, the reddish brown, setting off the brilliant green. I got to admit, I've wondered what color the grass is going to be yeah. in November. Is it going to be a little? Because it got Bermuda, and if you grow up in Southern California, there's a lot of Bermuda grass. It's really hardy. It really does. But it it isn't that. Uh, it's almost like an electric green. You know, it, it almost like radiates its greenness. And you have to, man. When you're growing up in California, and, you know, the the earth is brown for a long period of time. <laughs> You know, maybe you go up in the mountains and uh, it's just rained or something and everything's really green. That's it's different. And and you get it here a little bit if you go up in the uh, mountains here. It's uh, but if you're on the western side of the U.S., man, just you go back east and it really is different. It just rains so much more back there.
1: Yes, it does. Uh, Hardly anybody has sprinklers because it rains so much.
0: If I had to go one sport one last time, what's it going to be? I was uh, narrowing this down because, uh, like you, you know, we watch a lot of sports. We enjoy a lot of sports. And it was, uh, it was a close call. Um, you know, the Super Bowl is a big deal. I love the Final Four, and for whatever reason, I love the semis more than the, the final. It just seems to be more, more basketball, two games instead of one, better chance at Varama, higher stakes. There's still usually a, at least one Cinderella alive. Uh, which I enjoy. But if I had to go to one thing, you got to go back to the Southern California roots. And I think what really separates the Rose Bowl is that working weekends, all of these sports events, there's a little bit of work in them. And the Rose Bowl, I have worked New Year's Day, but it's occasional. And for some reason, it's just you're sitting on your couch. There's a ton of food. You don't have to do anything early in the day. You don't have to do anything later in the day. You just hang out, and it is always so picturesque and so perfect. And I was, uh, you know, watching all the retro stuff we're watching these days, and, you know, you see Super Bowls and domes or, you know, in New York outdoors, Minnesota indoors, and, and there's just something about, you know, the second and third quarter, the sun setting, and I think the Rose Bowl on New Year's Day, the field, now it's it's not as impressive as the Masters, because the Masters, there's just more acreage, but the Rose Bowl field is never jacked up. (laughs) It is never, that thing is right on New Year's Day. And so, and there's something, and I think it's partly just the fact that I don't have to work most of the time and There's nothing going on all day. Uh, certainly, the Rose Bowl would be better if it were two conference champions, and uh, you know that's just not how it works these days. It's, you get good games, but it's uh, you know it's a playoff game, so you've got teams coming in from the Big Ten or the Big Twelve or whatever. So it's a little different, but it's still still fairly awesome. I think I'd go with one Rose Bowl game then, one last time. Give me a Rose Bowl game. Well, I noticed you had to put the food in there, and that's typical. And there's nothing
1: going on all day. I mean, there's a ton of football games going on that day. Uh, so I would that.
0: I yeah, you get to choose all of them. There's, I know there's parades, oh. and there's probably a Godfather Marathon somewhere. But the fact is, I don't have to be anywhere. I don't have to do anything. I can opt into those games if I want or if I don't want. Well, <laughs>
1: okay, that's... Most folks uh, would have that every single day of their lives when it comes to games. Uh, I'd have to have my team in there. Uh, if, it's, if it's not my team, then it's, it's a game, and I've been to a million
0: games. Got a lot of people on uh, Facebook weighing in here. Matthew says jazz basketball, the only team and the only sport worth watching. Puts him up on the pedestal, up high. He wants his jazz back.
1: Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's uh, if I'm a jazz person right now, I'm smiling over that one to know that we've got you that deep. And if you want to be that deep, I've got no problem with it. That's what you're into. Those are your guys. That's your team. That's fine. Man, that's 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 actually the way it should be.
0: Mike says it's BYU football or NFL football the rest is filler he just he just can't choose between his Cougars and the NFL Just the NFL in general though that's pretty big right because you could be stuck watching uh, you know Jacksonville and uh, I don't know who well lately the Dolphins Cincinnati Cincinnati right exactly. There are bad games, but the NFL does an excellent job of putting them in the morning, regionalizing them, and making sure they're not a plague upon the rest of us. Bury those 4-12 and 12 teams. Yeah, now if only, <laughs> if only Channel 2 would do that with the Broncos. Oh! <laughs> the Raiders to Vegas is your hope, and then everyone can complain about that. I just want good games. I don't care who they are. I don't have a team. It doesn't matter to me. I just want good games. Jay says college football, and it's not even close. And it's not even close. Got to add that in there. Yep. It's Any college football? That's Yeah, he doesn't, doesn't narrow it down to a team or a conference. Leaves it wide open. Which, again, I, I think kind of same thing with the NFL there. So you want a Mac game on a Tuesday night in November? Uh, clicking on his, uh, oh, look at this. He's he's, he's got the red shirt on. He's flashing the U. He's got the Ute hat and the Ute T-shirt going. He wants his Utes.
1: Well, if I'm a Ute fan, I'm choosing uh, probably a very meaningful game in November. And the game starts, it's at home, and it starts uh, about uh, between 1 and 2 o'clock. And the temperature is between 55 and 65 and if you give me that, and it's a sunny day, if you give me that, I'm all over it. Because you yes. figure if you're in because, that time slot, I've said this, yeah, yeah,
0: it's a big game.
1: Yeah, right. And I think the beauty of Rice Eccles is right up there. And I've been to a ton of stadiums around the country, and and, and uh, the, from my vantage point, anyway, from sitting up top. In the press box, which is, I don't watch the entire game there, obviously, because you got to go down at the end. But to sit up there and look out to the west and then look down to the south to my right, over to the east and the south, and I think it is as beautiful as anything we've got out there. But unfortunately, with all these night games, I think the views of the stadiums become sterile. Uh, it's just night. You just see dark. And it's just lights, and a stadium, and a field, and it doesn't really matter where it is, and it's, it's, it takes away. So it's got to be in that setting. A November game, when obviously it's going to be a conference game, uh, probably, and put, have the other team, whether it's SC or Oregon or wherever it might be, who was in contention either for your own division or the other division. And they've they've had that. They've had that a few times. And I think that that, that's spectacular. So you have it, you know, like mid-afternoon, early afternoon. Gives you plenty of time to tailgate. And uh, it's a beautiful day. And then you, you do your tailgate and you walk into the stadium. You flood over from the fields where they do the tailgating. Come down the hill a little bit. Turn right to go into the stadium spectacular situation it's got to be that setting though if i'm picking one it's got to be over the top
0: see i think a lot of people though love the uh the usc it's early in the year you're 90 percent chance you got good weather 70 degrees 75 degrees still early october friday night whole country watching now it might start in the daylight some have uh, you know, because you get a 6 or 7 o'clock kick time, you might still have some sunlight early in the game. And then the second half would all be, like you say, it's jet black. You can't see Mount Olympus or anything like that. So you can't see across campus. No. but Friday packed. doesn't count because it's, so many people have to work
1: and they can't They can't enjoy the experience. It's not the whole day. They've got to work. I've heard that a million times over. And your great weather a couple years back, they played in September and at home, and it was raining like crazy.
0: Brent's right there, college football. Also studied at the University of Utah. The Ute fans are coming out for the college football. Scott goes a little different. He wants the NCAA Basketball Championship. He wants one shining moment. Okay. Steve goes his own way. He's an outlier here on our list. Steve wants the National Hockey League. All the way. He didn't drop it's not even close. He dropped it. All the way. (laughs) that's, That's why to me... Uh, The final
1: stuff, I would pick a pro sport as opposed to a college. Because do I need to see Kansas and Duke again to to play uh, whoever they might be playing? uh, You know, sure, if it's some shocker, uh, Butler. But Butler didn't win it. Duke won it. In the end, Duke won the title. Do I need to see that again? No, I don't. And it's a problem with the colleges. Do I need to see Alabama, LSU, Ohio State in college football? No, I don't. I've seen them plenty of time. If you can give me the David Verth-Goliath, and who's the the smaller one? David? And have David win, then I would take that. Whereas you're much more likely to get a big-time, wow, I didn't see that coming, at the pro rank than you are at the college rank and then when you get into golf you can even get a no name guy. You're not even sure you're scrambling to find out who he is. And he rises up on a given weekend for four days and he's got it going on. But you don't really see that that much in colleges. That's the one knock. Is when we get down to the end, just go to the teams that have the biggest budgets, spend the most money, have as many analysts as they could
0: possibly have, paying their coaches over five million dollars
1: a year they're the
0: ones who are probably going to win they're taking the hit baseball was taking 20 or 25 years ago it's too predictable
1: yeah and you look at baseball this last year my gosh the that's it, and Locke loves to crack on baseball in that way you give me a team in the NBA that loses their best player and then wins it all not happening. And that's what happened with the Washington Nationals. <laughs> they lost their best paper, best player in Harper goes up the freeway a little bit,
0: and what do they do? <laughs> they win it all. <laughs> the road team, seven straight games. Go figure. I guess the Toronto Raptors were on a path if they had pulled it off. I don't think they would have pulled it off. Of course, I didn't think they were going to pull it off a year ago either, so I don't know that that matters, what I think. But, uh... The Raptors were trying to do it. But you're right, it doesn't usually happen. Usually what happens yeah. is LeBron leaves a team and the team gets the number one draft pick because they tank all the way to the bottom and drop like a rock.
1: And good on the Raptors. I mean, they took advantage of a week at conference and then they took advantage of Clay Thompson and Durant being injured. And they won. Good on them. They got to celebrate.
0: Spencer says Jazz basketball. I'm so sad about no NBA playoff. Got right up there, just a few weeks away from the postseason, and everything halts.
1: Well, hey, we don't know that it's over, Matt, and I don't care what Dr. Fucci and Dr. Mucci and whoever else says it. They're guessing they've already lowered the death count drastically Dramatically. from their expectations. So, who's to say? I'm not, I'm not saying we're not going to have NBA playoffs. Don't be so negative when it comes to this stuff. Why not? I think that was part of the deal. And I saw Yach retweeted it. Uh, Stuart Mandel uh, put that out there. Uh, Sports writers and sports media are not wishing that we don't have it. These whatever, fill-in-the-blank seasons. College football, I think, was the example. And then you read the comments, and the public just views the media as being so negative all the time. And when Gundy did his thing, I mean, so many, Pat Forty just, blasted him to pieces. Why can't some football coach be optimistic? He's not in charge of anything to lead anything back. So he wants to be optimistic. He wants to return to work. And so we're going to slam Dobble Sweeney. We're going to slam Gundy because they want to go back to work and they want to have football. I don't get it. I get why the public would think that, gosh, the media is just being so negative on this stuff. And then you get into political reasons and there's already that skepticism because, you know, well, I'm going to be negative in hopes that I could vote this guy out of office come November. So you got that going on there. Why not be positive about it? What's the difference? And I don't get slamming these coaches because they would like to return to work and let's get back to work. They're in no position to be making any decisions anyway. So who cares really what they think? They're not decision makers when it comes to this stuff. But why does all the responses or a lot of the responses have to be so negative toward them? I don't understand it.
0: Okay, now do I get to psychoanalyze everybody? Because everybody's tense and angry and frustrated and some combination of those and on edge. You do what you do, and I did. Justin says the NFL college football is great, but the NFL has the drama of players switching teams, playing long careers. That's what I want. I want the NFL. He likes getting to follow okay. Tom Brady's career arc for twenty plus years.
1: Yeah, it's an unusual situation, but I get it. Yeah, you normally don't have that. Be interesting to see if the Brady aspect, because we're seeing some quarterbacks now play a little longer and have success, not just play, but play fairly well, if not great, in their upper 30s, and you wonder if that's going to be commonplace, because, you know, if you want to play X amount of years, uh, you know, you got to start early, and we've seen some players, particularly baseball players, like a Mickey Mantle, as he was dying Uh, talking about, you know, he wish he wouldn't have been such a partier. And George Brett had acknowledged that, too. Both those guys were Hall of Famers, right? They were as good as can be. But yet they were talking about, well, they could have done a little bit more. And so Tom Brady, you know, he doesn't decide at 37 that he wants to play till 45. I think that decision has to be made earlier. And with the advancements that we have in nutrition and training and everything and what we know and just – the overall knowledge, it would be interesting to see. It's going to be harder for guys, you know, linemen and whatnot, who are uh, running backs who are getting hit all the time, virtually on every play, but a quarterback doesn't. So how many guys now going forward, if they, they'd have to want to, they'd have to be fortunate to not be injured. You know, some guys get injured, uh, and it, uh, that's just the way it is. Uh, but if we'll see more because they make that decision early. I'm going to try to play as long as I possibly can and use Tom Brady and Breeze and some others as the role model for that to see, hey, this can be done now. You talk about a lot of minorities will talk about, you know, if not for Jackie Robinson, if not for fill-in-the-blank, whoever that might be, you know, he or she paved the way for me to see that this was possible. Well, you wonder if Brady and Breeze will be those role models for people, for quarterbacks now to think that, hey, this is something, if I take care of myself at 25, 30, 35, I can do this longer if I'm good enough and be fortunate enough to be injury-free.
0: That'd be interesting if someone like Janus Winston, who's had some ups and downs here early in his career, you know, the 30 touchdowns are great, the 30 picks are terrible, but if he thinks, hey, I'm only 26 years old, you know, if you think your prime is, is over in your early 30s, which is pretty common in sports for a long time, you know, you might be able to play later, but you can't really be good after, you know, I don't know, 32, 33, pick an age, well, Rodgers is 36. So is he looking at extending his career the way Breeze has, the way Brady has? Um, Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl. I think he was 37 when he won his second Super Bowl. So there's another guy into the late 30s. Because if that's possible, then a quarterback who's struggling at 24, or 26, or 28 is thinking, I can figure this out. I can still play for a decade. I'm I'm twenty 28. I can go to 38. Everybody starts looking at it differently.
1: Yeah, I think you're talking more uh... – <laughs> Of the skill aspect of the game, I'm talking more about keeping your body in shape and keeping all the faculties that you have. It has to be a lifelong commitment. It can't be one of these things. Oh, training camp is coming up here in four weeks. I better get myself uh, yeah. going. No, I think for Tom Brady, it's more of the the constant every day. He talks about he drinks 200 ounces of water a day I mean my goodness I'd, I'd be spending all day in the bathroom I'd be doing yes. two things one in one out <laughs> but he's talking about that I, I I drink 64 ounces every day that's my I, I hit it uh, I hit it six out of seven days most of the time if not all seven uh, it's easy to do during a week is I drink two I think thir- 30 I'm halfway there before every show ends I think I drink, drink two bottles of 16. So he's talking about drinking that much water. I mean, that, that's a commitment to be drinking that much. So I'm not just necessarily talking about the interceptions that he throws. I'm talking about keeping your body and doing everything possible. Uh, I know someone plays beach volleyball. He's talked about when he gets the trail mix, his wife buys the trail mix, and he's pushing 40 now, he takes the little M&Ms out and will not eat them so he picks out if he should have some trail mix i mean that's and you, know, you just grab a handful right it, that's dedication you have to have the 100% all times dedication and you don't waver from it at all and i think if you want to that brady is setting himself up as an example of doing that so you know you're not out there partying you're not you're not keeping the late hours whatever it might be no you're making a firm commitment to, this is what I'm going to do so I can get myself in the position to play as long as I can. Now, you've got to be good enough. I mean, Jameis Winston can be uh, the best physically conditioned athlete, but if he continues to throw 30 interceptions, he's not going to play until he's 30-whatever. So it's not just the, just, you know, the, the production on the field. It's all the stuff that goes into it off the field to be able to have some form of longevity and then you got to have whether it's good fortune whether it's good luck you know obviously you took a look at stockton you know you look at stockton today and maybe except for some wrinkles on his face he looks the same Looks the exact same well that's because he's got a commitment it's not just and there's probably some genetics involved in there too but i think it's because he's got a commitment and i've spoken to Donnie Daniels They talk about how When he was at Gonzaga How Gonzaga Or Stockton would be in there Every morning working out So you gotta have that commitment And fortunately You know He doesn't have to worry About getting up And putting in a You know An 8-5 to five job too So that allows him To do that But most of those guys Were in that position You know In the off season. That's what they're able to do If they so choose to do it
0: We got more people saying uh, college football. We got a lot of people weighing in. If you only give me one thing, Nephi, who is clearly an Oregon duck. That didn't take long to figure out. You click on his name, yeah. Uh, he's all about the college football. Ross is all about the World Cup. Of what? And soccer. There are no other acceptable answers, Ross says. Hard line. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, now we know where he served for
0: two years. <laughs> uh, let's see, who else have we got here? Grab your uh, phone. You can use your, uh, use your phone, use the app, use the open mic, send us your take. One sport, one time. What would it be? I got to admit, when I saw you post that, and I, I, I just happened to click on it, and it must have been right after you put it up because there were only a couple answers at that point. I was wondering who'd give us something exotic, you know, who out there has run the Boston Marathon or the New York Marathon or something, you know, running across the Brooklyn Bridge. You can't top it. But we didn't, we didn't get anything like that. It was. It's a, mostly people are sticking with the jazz and college football, which is obviously where a lot of the passion and. Uh, in uh, Utah is it's the Utes, Cougars, and Jazz, as we've said over and over. Play the hits. But I did wonder if we'd get some of those. Yeah.
1: No, that's interesting that you bring that up there, yeah, because you'd think that there might be something along the uh, exotic lines of uh, polo in England or, or something, or yeah, sailing. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, Curling, you know, so come on. Dennis Connor, just, is that That's where you sweep the ice? Yes. Uh, yeah, that just... That reminds me of sweeping my patio. <laughs> but you think somebody that, but... from
0: somebody from Winnipeg came down here, right? And would and would hit us with that answer? Where's the uh, the person who flies to the uh, the U.S. Open? I know a couple people here who go to the U.S. Open. I have a boss at work who goes every year at TV, KUTV. He goes what sport? To US, Open. U.S. Open tennis. He uh, he likes to go to the first week. Uh, there's more matches. People are more spread out. You can get good seats. You can see whoever. Second week, you're a little more in the fishbowl. Everything's on the stadium court, and people are wedged in there. You can see that one on TV. He likes to go when you can bounce around oh, the courts yeah. and track different players. And having been
1: there, because that that was close. That's close to real close to where uh, the Mets play. Yeah, it used to be Shea Stadium. I'm, I'm not sure what the new stadium is. City Field, uh, right now. So I've been over there, City Field, and that time of year it can get pretty steamy too.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, somebody who goes to uh, goes to Wimbledon or goes to uh, I don't know Daytona 500 or Indy or something. But we didn't we didn't get those. I thought some of the uh, the events might uh, might be the way people went, but it wasn't. All right, we got a Kentucky to take, Derby. I knew no oh, the who Derby. Kentucky you're right. Derby. Yes, that's another good example right there. All right, DJ and PK, uh, we we'll take a break here. When we come back. What'd you watch last night? No jazz, no Utes, no Cougars. Chance to branch out, watch some different stuff. I saw the quintessential PK moment. It was such a PK moment on TV. We will get to that next. David Locke's here at 8 o'clock. Stay with us. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Kurt Heelan. On a scale of 1 to 10 in your confidence in the NBA season, coming back and finishing out even regular season or not regular season, but crowning a champion yeah. for this season. 1 through 10, Kurt. 6? Well, I want to be more confident than that. There's a lot of optimism and hope around the league, but look, even if you shrunk this down to just the playoff teams in the NBA, you need thousands
1: of tests to make this work. You can't take those away from the areas of need right now. Now. So there has to be enough tests out there that are accurate, quick, and by the way, you've got so many of them, we can afford to spend a couple thousand on sports. That's the major hurdle, and then if they get there, then suddenly some
0: of the other logistics, as awkward as they are, get closer to falling in line. Catch Hans and Scotty every day. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. DJ and 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. What'd you watch last night? No jazz, no Utes, no Cougars. I had a mix of uh, golf and uh, football, which is becoming pretty common. I uh, flipped on the golf channel to see what they were doing in the Masters, and it was after their Masters stuff was done. And I got David Faraday with Marco Mira. And let me tell you, that guy's career hit the sweet spot, PK. Because it was just a nonstop series of stories about Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicklaus, and Tiger Woods. You know, he's of the age where he's kind of the uncle or on-tour mentor kind of to Tiger. Uh, And when he was younger, he talks about playing a practice round. And Palmer showed up and he was going to let him go. And Arnie's like, no, you're with me. And he says, we played nine and I got to know him. Then he told a great story about basically really pissing Arnold Palmer off. It was at the President's Cup. And Palmer was the uh, captain, and he said, "Guys, I just got." He said, "Arnold right, was a little agitated. I said, guys, I just got to figure these pairings out. Don't don't come to me and tell me what you want, because it's just going to get in my head. So just just leave me alone. I'll figure this out." And so, uh, but Mark knew him, and he Mark had been playing with David Duvall, and Duvall hadn't quite blown up yet. He was—he's obviously good, or he wouldn't have been on the Presidents Cup team. But he hadn't, you know, gone to number one in the world, and uh, and so he knows Arnie better than most of the guys. so He goes to, hey Arnie, I really—I know you don't want me to say anything, but I know David Duval and I'd be good together. We'd be—I guarantee you—we'll go out there and win for you. I, I count on it. And Arnie's just irritated. I told you not to. And he stalks away. And so when they have the team meeting to announce the pairings, he goes, First off, guys, I want to thank all of you. I asked you not to bug me, and that's what you did. All of you. Except for you, And He just called him out in front of everybody, and Omira was just horrified. But then he paired them with Duvall, and they went 5-0. and So that was a pretty good story. I flipped over and watched Willie McGinnis of Football Life, and I totally thought of you, PK. So he he's uh, he goes to USC. He gets drafted by the Patriots. They've got these the 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 video from the draft rooms on the night of the draft. And Dallas was going to take him at five, and the Patriots trade up and get him at four. And they have Jerry Jones's reaction, and he's just he's ticked off. He's clearly disappointed. So he goes there and he's playing for Parcells, and they're not very good at the start. And he's talking about how demanding and how. Blunt Parcells is and they have this clip in the game and you don't see what happened but it's something bad and Parcells turns to one of his assistants and he's mic'd up for NFL Films and I'm probably paraphrasing a little bit but I'm not missing by much he goes we can't be good we're too dumb <laughs> blunt jersey guy all the way that was Parcells for sure yeah so then they go on to uh, McGinnis later in his career, and uh, he actually, uh, it was like a passing of the torch a little bit as he because uh, McGinnis was the team leader and ran the locker room and then you know became Brady over time. And so they interviewed Brady and McGinnis about each other, and they had awesome video uh, from Brady's first Super Bowl. It was McGinnis' second because he was on the Patriot team that lost to uh, Brett Favre and the Packers. And so it's before the game, and uh, – and they're asking, you know, Brady about McGinnis in big games. And he says um, – or no, I guess he started with McGinnis. And McGinnis was talking about Brady and, you know, always being cool in the first game. He goes, yeah, not really. Before the game, we were in the tunnel. And, and Tom likes to headbutt guys and get them ready to go. But he was really out of control. And as he's talking, they cut to they have the video. He's headbutting Drew Bledsoe. And he's bouncing. He's, on, he's up on his toes and he's bouncing around. He says – I had to pull him aside and just calm him down. I said, son, you got to calm down. You're going to knock yourself out before the game even starts. And they had the video of him, and he pushed him up against the wall and was talking to him. And he went to Brady, and Brady backed up the whole story. It was pretty funny. I like that behind-the-scenes stuff. What did you check out last night?
1: I was looking at the Master stuff, and then also I flicked on the 1977 World series. On the baseball channel, I'm just randomly going through, and I stopped, and it was the Yankees and the Dodgers, yep. and it was a World Series game, and the sun was shining. That was a shocker, and it was the second inning, as the series was 2-1 to Yankees, and Lasorda comes out to take out Doug Rao and brings <laughs> in Rick Roden, and there was a little disturbance on the mound, and uh, so I clicked on, I googled it. And you can hear it. Lasorda was mic'd up. Yep. I actually sent it to you. I don't know if you listened to it. Yeah. Oh, I knew it. As soon as you sent it, I knew what it was. I didn't remember it at all. Oh, really? And uh, listening to it, no, no. 1977, there's very few sporting events I'm going to remember. Uh, Something like that, too. Uh, And to have those two... Lasorda was known as just one of the most profane guys that you could ever imagine. And and Rao, what's the matter, Tommy? I feel good. And he just goes after him, and they're just it's we couldn't there's no way we could play it on the air. And and Doug Rao says, I got three there's three lefties coming up. Three lefties? You bleepin' bleepin' gave up three hits to bleeping lefties, and he goes through Rivers Jackson. And the other bleeper bleeper, he couldn't remember his name. <laughs> the other bleeper bleeper was Chris Shamless, who was a pretty good player for the, <laughs> for the, and, for the Yankees at the time. <laughs> and and uh, I think was standing on third base, too. But those two going at it, and Davey Lopes had to come in and tell Rao to to, to, to back off a little bit, and then Rao snaps at... Uh, at lopes but yeah the whole thing is recorded and if you just put in lasorda tommy lasorda doug rau rau and you can listen to the whole exchange and it is not g-rated for sure i mean it is uh as far as uh, obscenities go it's well beyond r whatever obscenities would be beyond r because they are just swearing at each other
0: big time So I don't remember, well, I I know I watched the series. I don't remember it at the time because watching live on TV, it wouldn't have made, I don't think, that big an impression on you. Because you're right, he starts PG-13, he accelerates to R, and then he blows right past that. I think it's the second biggest blow-up next to Kingman, and I know it because I've heard it and seen it clipped and bleeped into other shows, and then I I suppose I probably saw it on YouTube or somewhere after that. So I've probably seen it ten times with the, and the cameras on him and he's mic'd up and wow he really went to town. That was uh, it was epic. I, I do think it's second to Kingman. I still think the Kingman blow up is bigger. And you can you can uh, you can find both of these. They're out there. They're easy enough to find. But they're uh, well old school, not safe for work. Now you're working from home, but they're definitely you definitely for, for children don't want, around. Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to click on that when the seven year olds running around. You'll be in trouble. Yeah, you don't want that. Unless you grew up in my household. (laughs) Hey, Ida, come here and listen to this. (laughs) That's awesome. He blanked out on Chris Chamel's name because he was so mad. (laughs) The other bleeper bleeper. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did watch a couple continuing to get through the office and catch up with the rest of our audience. The, uh, the polls all over, over 800 votes yesterday. 61% love the office, watch every episode, have watched every episode. Another 19% for a lot of them. That's basically 80% of the audience all in. In season six, Niagara Falls, two-parter. Knocked that out last night in between the, the football and the, uh, and the golf. All right. What you watching last night? Hit us up on uh, Twitter. We can get to that a little later in the show. David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, joins us next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.